What's up? What's up, Chicago? This is Carl West on the Community Health Focus Hour, brought to you by the University of Chicago Medicine Urban Health Initiatives. Yep, I am back, bringing you some real and relevant information that the audience can use and take with them. And today is one of those topics that will have you gasping for air and the stata, the, the, the stats and the data that we'll give you with our incredible two guests who are actually calling in as we practice social distancing. I'm here in the studio. I did think one person was coming in. That's one of my brother mans. I thought he'll be in, I mean, but I guess he decided to hide out from me on this Saturday afternoon. It's a great day out, man. It is fantastic outside. Let's get right to it. I want to just say what's up to my guests. What's up? Uh, let me go to the young lady first. Is it Jeanette? It's Janae. Janae. Janae, what's yeah. up? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am well. I actually, to be honest with you, I really didn't care if Khalid came in. I thought you was going to come in, though. <laughs> I was I I, I, I could have I did for the company, man. Uh, I saw. I don't think. Have we ever met before, Janae? No, huh? No, I have not. Well, they sent me the picture, and I said, "Wow, she'd be in the studio. What a lovely thing to see on a Saturday afternoon." As I'm trapped in this bunker uh, for an hour, <laughs> but unfortunately, you chose the social distancing route as well. Uh, I'm not mad at you, though, because you never know. Uh, anyway, glad to have you on the air. Khalid, what's up? Thank you for having me. Yes. What's up, bro, Good man? Good afternoon, Janae and Carl. And, Carl, again, happy birthday and congratulations on your baby graduating, man. Yeah. And Father's Day. Yep, yep. And all, oh, yep, forgot about that. So we had three, so I had three special occasions, birthday, Father's mm-hmm. Day, and daughter graduating from high school. So, it's been a real one. Uh, I know your daughter is she. She graduated. Did she graduate last year? I'm, forgive me. Ah, uh, you must have missed all the pictures I posted within the last couple of weeks, man. Yeah, she just graduated from Kenwood, ranked number three on her way to Amherst College, which is the number two liberal school. And thank God, all tuition paid, man. Well, you so know, this, this well, subject you know. matter is right on time. Well, man. let me apologize because I should have known that, and I did. I just kind of forgot because I know both of our daughters have always been in that same same age bracket. We've always talked about that over the years, yeah. and uh, so to have your daughter have a full ride is a blessing. I didn't get so lucky, so I'm gonna have to come and hang out <laughs> oh. with you. I'm gonna have to come hang out with you so I can figure out how you did that. And Got so uh, congratulations, though, to you on your daughter. You've always promoted her as being this incredible thing of beauty and intellect, and you have done a great job, you and her mom. And so I congratulate Thank you. you, girl. Uh, you know, we've, like I say, we've been known each other for a long time. Since the time our daughters was born, we've been having these conversations. So this is That's nothing right. new to us. And I tried to keep up with you, but I've somehow I failed. <laughs> if you got a full ride for your daughter and I don't have one for mine, I tremendously failed somewhere in, in this Aww. equation. And so well, hey, but, that's why we're here to talk now, man. Yeah, yeah please, please. Please. Give everybody the heads up for it, next year. It ain't, no, no, no. It ain't too late. I can start now. We going to have to pull a trick <laughs> and say, look, man, give me my money back. I need her on some free ride stuff. 
So, that's but, right. But anyway, that's right. Uh, glad to have you guys. Look, we got a great topic today. The topic is a student loan debt, a mental health stressor. Let me give you yeah. some information that we have here. Student loan debt can be crippling, and the amount that colleges and universities can charge for the cost of education and advanced degrees is unregulated. According to a 2019 survey, many high student debt borrowers become depressed, and 1 in 15 reported have thoughts of suicide. Why should getting a good education take our students to the brink of mental illness and the parents and then deny them the good start in a higher education is supposed to bring? My guests today, of course, Khalid and Janae, are going to discuss debt, how it affects mental health, and how to get out of or either avoid this debt. Um, so let's start with you, Janae, first. I want to give me a brief overview of who you are and how did you find yourself in this space? So I, I am, I'm Janae Adams. I'm an international speaker. I speak all around the world about how I paid off $50,000 of debt in two years. And so that's how I found myself in this space. What people are surprised about is that I actually graduated college debt-free with $10,000 in the bank and still ended up in $50,000 of debt. So that whole transformation has led to me becoming an entrepreneur, speaking to over 80,000 people the last nine years, and having books and online courses. So that's who Janae Adams is. Are you from the South? I am from the South. Where are you from? (laughs) I'm from North Carolina. Oh, wow. Okay. I was hoping you was in Chicago, but anyway. No, (laughs) I'm not in the Windy City. (laughs) (laughs) How's them flights out there in North Carolina? Ticket price pretty high right now with Corona going on. They not they gonna yeah, they won't I, let me. I've been finding pretty cheap flights everywhere in the world right now. Oh, really? Oh yeah, because you travel mm-hmm. on your speaking tours, right? Yes. How often do you hit the road speaking? I mean, it could be two to three times a week. Right now, I'm doing all my speaking virtually. Absolutely, of course. All right. And okay, well, let, we'll get back to you on that because I want to have get on one of your little virtual calls and see what's up here. Khalid Scott, tell us what's up, man. How did you get in this space, man? Give me a brief overview. Okay. Well, um, hello, everyone, again. My name is Khalid Scott. I am a licensed clinical social worker, therapist, mentor, motivational speaker. And for me, this journey started when I was 16 years old at CVS High School on the south side of Chicago. And I knew I wanted to go to college. I knew my mother could not afford to pay for me to go to college. And um, at 16, I decided that I was going to go into the military to pay for school, and which I'm glad I did because they paid for both my bachelor's and master's degree. So I never, ever had student debt. And then I've helped DCFS students go to college for free. And, of course, to round it off, there's no way I was going to have my child who I knew was going on the path of college because both her mom and myself have master's degrees that she was going to go to school for free. And it's all about, you know, preparation and planning, okay. you know, and hopefully, you know, we, I could, we could talk to the audience about how you prepare and how you plan out the road to college and, and being you know, debt-free, because it is a major stressor to all of us. Well, I thank you for that. I got a caller that's coming in right now. 
and she had been hitting me up all week knowing about this subject we was going to be talking about today. And she wanted to okay. give some, some information on how college debt can be very detrimental to your employment situation. But let me first of all say this. If y'all want to call in and get involved in this conversation, 773-591-1690, 773-591-1690. Let's go to someone who I know quite well, Nicole. What's up? Hey, Carl. How you doing today? All right. All right. What's up with you? Man, let me tell you, when I saw this email come out and you were working on the student loan issue and just bringing it up for discussion, I immediately posted it everywhere because as a community development consultant and also a real estate uh, agent, I'm working with people who, you know, spent their life going to college and they walked out going to college with the idea that I'm going to have a better life for myself. And now that they're ready to purchase a home, they're getting denied because of the calculations that they do regarding the student mm-hmm. loan debt that they have to pay back. And it is quite unfortunate. I just had over the last two weeks three exceptional African-American female clients of mine with really great salaries, credit score over 730, all of them, great careers that were denied mortgages because of their student loan debt. And it's a crisis yeah. that has to be talked about. So I'm glad you all are dealing with this issue. I know the United States is one of the countries that are capitalizing off of people getting education. And unfortunately, a lot of minorities are the ones that don't have money already to go to school. So we're the ones who are in the debt. You know, we're creating debt before we can start a future coming out of school. And so something has to be changed about this loan issue and how the even the interest is calculated in a very unfair way. I was pretty fortunate that I didn't end up needing uh, any loans one in my last year of getting my master's degree. But 11,000 loans went to 22,000, you know, and all because of interest. And so this is really hurting a lot of African-American families that are trying to get off to a good start and build wealth for their families. They're paying so much debt for getting the education, which is supposed to help them have a better life. So I'm glad you guys are addressing this. Well, thank you for calling with that. Again, you was, you was animate about just coming on and, and bring that to our attention that just trying to purchase a home and you can have great credit. You can have a great profession, be an impeccable person and you still will get denied because of this student loan that that lingers around uh, on people. And so that's just that's horrific, man, that people are being denied the opportunity to build wealth. Uh, I don't know if we can call this, you know, whatever, you know, is it targeted towards blacks or not? I don't really know enough about that industry to, to claim that. But it's just another way as the new expression that's being used around the country, and that is they won't let their knees off our neck, you know. And so this is just, you know, one of those situations. Again, thanks, Nicole. I know you got to go. You said you had to be out of here at 120, so I'm glad you was able to call in early. Have a good day, and I'm sure I'll see you around Chicago. And I really don't All like right, the fact that you – Thank you so much. I, I really like the and fact I, that you – I did ask people to tune in. I want to hear the other speakers, give them some advice, how we can try to get rid of this debt possibly – how people can deal with it because it is causing major mental stress for people. And so, you know, this is something that we have to work on. I myself have started to get on the different committees that are fighting for this cause. 
so that student loan debt can be extinguished. I hope it gets a part of something where we can get it off of people completely. And uh, thank you all for the work that you're doing, Carl. You know, I love you always. And uh, we're going to be working on some solutions to this problem so it becomes N- Nicole, you know, something that's Nicole. part of the past and have people to start off with a great future and, you know, for their family. N- Nicole, you so don't love you me. All. You don't thank love you so me as much. much as you say you do. I all know right. you got a – Nicole, you don't love me as much yes. as you say you do because I know you got a great husband, so not not that kind of love. You missed my birthday. <laughs> you didn't call me on Father's Day, and you gonna send me a text and say I didn't know no. your daughter was graduating. You you, you watched her grow up. How you not rem- how you not remember my daughter's graduating? You watched her grow up. What's wrong with you? I know. Well, let me tell you something. On Saturday, the July 11th, when we're doing the African American Support Businesses on 43rd Street at Sip and Saver, from 10 to 4, I got you, and I got your daughter on yeah. everything. Okay. Really? So you, make sure y'all come out you, to that too. We you know, have to you, know small I, you know I don't like consol- you know I don't like consolation prizes. But anyway, have a good day. <laughs> All right, God bless. Bye. All right. <laughs> okay, Janae. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm here. Yes. So, have you heard that? Have you ran into that a lot where individuals, minorities, blacks, for instance, have this incredible credit scores, great careers, and because of student loan. They've been denied access to opportunities like home ownership, as well as even in some cases, even jobs and corporations. Yeah, and it, and it's also not only with African Americans; it's just across the board really? with people with student loan debt. What I tell people is to make it easier on you because you can have the credit score, you can have the job that you've had three or four years, paying your bills on time, but adding an extra notch to make it even a better situation is to go and have 20% down payment, 30% down payment there. Because like I tell people all the time, cash talks and everything else walks and looking for foreclosed homes. It's just being able to get out of the normal. A lot of times what we've seen with the normal was 2008, 2009 when they all came crashing down is because everybody had a great credit score, but they also had a bunch of debt behind them. So as soon as they lost their job or emergency came up, they lost their houses. So banks and credit unions are a lot more stricter now. So coming with cash at the time, you know, 20%, 30%, looking for a home that's a starter home instead of your dream home at first. It's all these different kind of strategies that people can do in order to get into that home in the future. So you literally go around the country educating people in seminars and forums about this particular topic, about the best case scenario in which to try to own home and when you're applying for a job and how you get around the student debt struggle, right? What I'm doing whenever I travel and I speak to corporations, high schools and colleges, is that I'm trying to get people prepared to even get to a house. Okay. A lot of people with student loan debt or that high school students just graduate and they need the everything before that, before we get there. And so I'm trying to show them how to get out of the student loan debt quickly, like I did. I paid the fifty grand off in two years so that they can actually move on with their lives. They can start investing. Maybe this parent plus loan that a parent or grandparent has can actually retire because they paid it off. That's what I'm trying to get them to is those life goals that they're looking for. No, 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 no. See, you got to be more clear now because you just made a statement that you paid off a $50,000 student loan debt in two years. You got to tell the people, how did you do that? <laughs> Yeah, so the fifty thousand consisted of twenty five thousand of student loan of my husband's and twenty five grand car. And so the reason I even paid it off or started to is because I got laid off in two thousand and eight okay. during the Great Recession. So my back was against the wall. So a lot of people ask me how I did it. It's really the why I did it. 
And so I tell people, if you don't have any dreams in front of you and they why, then you'll never be able to pay off debt. And so I tell people about a dream sheet, which has your short-term, intermediate, and long-term dreams. When you fill that out, that's what keeps you going for the, you know, whatever long period of time it's going to take you to pay off the debt. It actually accelerates it. So that's kind of like a, a cliff notes version of how I pay the debt off. Okay. But you are living proof that it's possible. And so many others has probably went down this path, the ones that you've helped in your speeches and and, and forms. Have, you've helped them find their way out of this debt and go on and live prosperous lives, building wealth through ownership of homes and other things, of course. Yes, and it's, it's definitely all about just getting out the debt first okay. and then using your money for yourself. Okay, well, great. Thank you for that. Khalil, you give me an idea. Give Ola, let me just go. We got to take a break right now. When I come back, I want to talk to you, Khalil, about the mental stress that you see young people who you deal with every day, what they're going through in terms of preparing for college, some who are out of college, having stress from debt. And, of course, now we've had two major catastrophes happen with the coronavirus, and then we had we got this, I mean, the protest and things going on, and kids are stressed. Everybody's stressed under this. So we'll get back with you on the other side. This is Carl West, Community Health Focus Hour. Hey, what's up? What's up? It's Carl West back at you on a Saturday afternoon on WVON. This is Community Health Focus Hour brought to you by University of Chicago Medicine Urban Health Initiatives. I got two great guests. We're talking about student loan debt and the stress that it brings. I got Khalid and I got Janae on the phone. Uh, Khalid, we was talking about the stress that you see in your day-to-day profession affecting kids, teenagers, and young adults. Tell us what you're seeing out here in this present day, especially dealing with debt and obviously kids who are and families who are struggling to try to get to school and the ones who, of course, who leave school and are, and are tackled with this incredible debt as they try to prepare themselves for life after college and live normal lives, productive and progressive lives that we all hope. Okay, thank you for that. Um, well, you know what, again, let me reiterate the point that I made earlier that you lessen the amount of stress that you have when you prepare and when you plan and when, you, when you're on purpose about what you have to do. And that's what I tell my families and my high school students who are in the mindset of, I got to get ready to go to college. And I think it, you know, it goes back to expectations. I think all of us want, we desire to have a life where we're successful. And we've been told, you know, early on that part of being successful is becoming educated post-elementary and high school. So, again, for me, at 16, I knew that college was an option, you know, and how was I going to pay for it? And so and having my own self-talk, it was like, what do I need to do to go to college? And I didn't want to take out debt. And I knew this at 16. And I remember my high school having a college fair. And the first two booths there were the recruiter for the Army and Morehouse College. And 
that set a tone for me because I went to both the Army and my freshman year I was at Morehouse. So, but I knew I had to get there. And then when that recruiter answered my call when he said, hey, we will pay for you to go to college. So I was sold right there. And so when I had my own child back in 2002, myself and my wife, my ex-wife, we, that, was, that was one of the first discussions that we were having is like, how are we going to do this college thing? And because we both were middle class and we had, you know, good and decent professional jobs. She's a school teacher and I'm a social worker, but we knew we needed more. So one of the things that started off was that I, we brought the village around. And with the village, like my mom, my mom was a daycare director. My mother started to homeschool my daughter at age one through age five because I knew one of the options was academic scholarship. So with Anaya, the goal has always been that she was going to have to put just as much work as me and her mom and the rest of the family into her college goals. And voila, my baby graduated from Kenwood, number three. And that's why every school that she applied for, Anaya ended up with $1.5 million in offers from all the schools that accepted her. But again, we planned back in 2002. So fast forward, when I'm talking to my students, I tell them, what do you want to do? So first, let's, let's handle that part, Carl, and I'll make this quick. When I'm going into grammar schools and high schools, when I'm talking to children of color, you wouldn't believe how many of them don't even know about college. Don't even. So I'll say, what do you want to do for a living? I hear the boys say, I want to be a barber, or I want to be an athlete, or I want to be a rapper. Now, the girls, they, they say, well, I want to be a professional. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. So, one, we got to start letting our kids know what their options are early on so that they can start talking, um, doing the talk with their parents and to themselves and to the school advisors about how is my path going to be going to college. That's first and foremost. You know, Carl, me and you go over to Powell every year, you know, my, which is my old grammar school. And the last time I was there to do the Real Men Read with you, the students in class, the 90% were not even talking about going to college. And they were sixth graders, okay? So let's fast forward, talking to high schoolers and even watching my daughter on her journey with her along with her friends, it was like, we're going to start in our, like, freshman, sophomore year planning out this process because the thing is we don't want our kids to go into debt, and we don't want to go into that. I know some parents out here who have college-age kids, and they are signing off on loans. So yeah, I was gonna go. It's I was gonna. Off on loans. I was gonna go to that part, Khalid. Let's go to the part where let's just deal with this, for instance. We got the parents who have aspirations of sending their kids to school. We have yeah. kids who are preparing to follow the path of possibly they, their parents or they may be first generations headed into school. Yeah. How do we help minimize that stress on both the kids and the family 
as they prepare for this life-changing experience. One, because of the amount of debt that they may have to acquire, right? Because, you know, look, I I just told you my daughter didn't get what your daughter got, and that's, you know, your daughter got an amazing opportunity, and others who have followed in her footsteps do that as well. But let's take the ones who don't. They have to face a reality of debt being accumulated. How do you and your profession help alleviate that stress and have those conversations with parents and the kids? Well, I do real talk with them, Carl and Janae. So what, what, what it looks like is, okay, for instance, you have a kid. Your kid Does your kid really want to go to college? Yeah, they do. What did that yeah, they do mean? Well, they're kind of on the fence, but, yeah, they know they need to go to college. So I said, okay, well, let's do this. Every junior college in Chicago is for free if your kid was a C-average student. A lot of people don't know that. Right. But that's the truth. Your city colleges. I'm sorry? City colleges. The city colleges. So Kennedy King, Harold Washington, Trite. Malcolm X. You know? Right. Olive Harvey. So they can go for the first two years for free. So all they have to do is possibly just have to pay for books. So we got to have real conversations with our kids and with the parents. Okay. You know, then if they go ahead and get their associates, that shows that they're really serious about school. Then let's go ahead and get ready to transfer over to you know, a four-year school so they can get their bachelor. Absolutely. You know, and even when they're in, if they go to a junior college, they need to understand that they need to have transferable college courses, meaning that the bachelor program at the college, like they want to go to UIC or Chicago State or Columbia, that the the classes that they did in junior college will transfer over you know, to meet the needs at the bachelor level. Okay. Second of all, military, that's still the number one option for people who are struggling. And I know we don't feel comfortable, you know, under certain people and administrations, but it's still an option. You can go to the National Guard, you can go to the Army Reserve, or you can go into the full-time military. Okay, hold on one second. Hold one second. Let me bring Janae in for this. Uh, thank you okay. for that, Khalid. Janae, yes. do you think that parents and their desire and their ambition to send their kids to school, along with the kids' desire also to attend school, do you think they create the biggest stressors in that environment mm-hmm. more so than the, than the child? I would say it's, it's equal on both ends. Uh, a lot of students, high school students, want to go to their dream school but don't truly understand the cost of it. Because sure. when you look up the price of certain colleges and a lot of colleges, they just talk about tuition. Whenever they push different laws, they say it's tuition-free. That The most, the highest part of college is room and board. And so unless you're talking about that, you really don't know the, the true cost of college. And I find it with parents that they have a problem saying no. <laughs> and that is where high school students get in trouble. As a parent, as the, the so-called adults in the room, you should know how much that is going to cost and that you can say no. And I also tell parents, I said, if you have to take out a parent plus loan, your student cannot afford that college. So like you said, you have to what have is some a, what is a conversation. Plus, what is a plan, parent plus loan? A parent plus loan is when 
a parent or a grandparent has to take out money on behalf of the student. But this is a loan that's in their name. I just got a call the other day from someone saying, you know, the student loan company is calling me and calling me. I said, well, it's in your name. You took it out for your child. But unless your child pays it back, that is on you. And they're going to garnish your wages, not your child that graduated. So that when I tell what a parent plus loan is when you've exhausted everything as a student and you still need someone else to bring some money in in order to go to that school. And I was going to ask you, do you advise that the parent plus loans? No, not at all. If you got to get a parent plus loan, your your child can't afford that college, and they need to think about something else. Like right. he said, community college. Your your child needs to spend most of their time looking for scholarships. If they want to go to a school, they need to find the money. That shouldn't you shouldn't put a parent plus loan on your life, especially when you might be already in your forties or your fifties. You're not going to ever see retirement. Okay, seven seven three five nine one sixteen ninety seven seven three five nine one sixteen ninety is the call in number. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Janae, for a minute. And so how do you – do you do one-on-one sessions or all of your interactions are through ga- group gatherings? Majority is group gatherings. I do do one-on-ones. I'm doing more of them right now just because I'm not traveling as much. Sure. But majority is the group gatherings, and then people can reach out to me on my, my actual page to say, okay, I, I would like to work one-on-one. What will be I guess is my I guess this topic is probably the answer to the question, but I would definitely love you to elaborate more. The, what is the main mental health challenge of a kid preparing to go to college? Is it really money or is it something else? A lot of times I deal with a lot of first-generation limited-income students whenever I'm speaking, and a lot of it has to do with I'm going somewhere that nobody in my family has ever been before. So I'm they already fight, and do I belong here, first and foremost? And then if I get here, what if I have a money problem? Like if I have an emergency at home, how am I going to get home? So that's where the mental stress around money comes. It's not really the student loan debt because at the beginning it's really numbers on paper. I'm just trying to get to college, let me sign my name and get there. It's when those outside forces come on, when you need to try to get home because someone passed away and you don't have any money to do that. Or that you need gas money to get to work, the the job that actually helps you pay for college. It's all the outside financial forces that bring on the mental stress. Okay. Let's take a break and we come back. I want to ask both of you individuals uh, about the COVID-19. How has that changed the game in terms of kids preparing for college and has that contributed to uh, higher mental uh, stress amongst the kids and the parents because I think they both go hand in hand. This is Carl West, Community Health Focus Hour. We'll be back in a flash. up chicago back at you the community health focus hour brought to you by the university of chicago medicine urban health initiatives 773-591-1690 773-591-1690 anyone to call anybody want to call in and talk about uh kind of share a story about your uh situation with having extreme college debt and how you dealt with that and if you want to also try to figure out how to get your $50,000 debt paid in two years, uh, I'm going to actually be calling you sometime in the near future as well. I think I got a couple of bucks old still that I need to figure out how to how to, how to to waver. But anyway, uh, I got my great <laughs> guest on the phone. 
Khalid and Janae, and we're talking about student loan debt, a mental health stressor. I want to stay with you, Janae, and go into uh, what I had mentioned as we went into a break, and that is, have you think, do you think, and how has, let me phrase that a little better, how has COVID-19 changed the game in terms of student prepare, students and parents preparing to send their first-year students off to college? Yes, and COVID-19 definitely has made a change for those first-year students. I'm telling high school graduates right now, you're, you probably should look at your FAFSA again because we know 46 million people lost their jobs. And so it's going to be a lot of incoming freshmen, a lot of college students who have a parent at home or a guardian at home who lost a job, which means your grant could be increased because, because of that. Another thing is that now these colleges, thanks to the Department of Education, they have these emergency COVID-19 grants on campus that students who go there can apply for. So that's another financial situation that has changed thanks to COVID-19. And as an advice to my parents and my students that are listening, please have an emergency fund saved up because of this, because you never know if a campus is going to have to close again in the fall at the opening, and you need to have the money to get that student back home, whether they are driving home or whether they're flying home. And here's the biggest thing I've heard in conversations with some of my friends who have kids who are who got sent home and preparing to go back and that is this virtual education do you think it's fair are you one of those ones who think that schools should deduct the cost of tuition if a kid is only going to be doing virtual versus having that in-person experience and I think the discount comes from not having a room and board. Right. Uh, that That's what it is. That you won't have a room and a board, and you won't have some of the fees that, that colleges charge you if you're doing virtual learning. But you're more than likely going to still have a tuition part, which is understandable. Like I said, the average tuition is $7,000 at, at colleges. When you start tagging on the room and board, that's where all the money comes out of it. But if you're doing virtual learning, a lot of these colleges already have online learning. And they're paying that same price, so really? I don't. I think I think it's basically where they got the discount in this past spring is because people had to leave early, and that's where they got their refunds from because they had to leave campus, and so their meal plan got refunded and their room and board part of that got refunded. But going forward, if you're going virtually, the cost is going to be the cost. It's just not going to be as much as it was if you were on campus. Do you recommend that people, parents, for instance? who are in charge of their kids going away definitely in this first year, are you in favor of them saying, wait, you know, we don't want to have our child do a virtual learning. We will put off his first year, first semester, whatever, until you guys get back to the college experience that we anticipated and dreamed about. Do you recommend that? It depends on a parent or in a student. If you feel like if you take a, a year off of that student and they're not going to go, <laughs> then you might want to rethink that. And also understand that this high school student has never known college before. So if they have to do a, a virtual semester and get through it and then go live in January in the spring semester, then I think that is fine as well. They're not going to stay closed down. And majority of the colleges that I work with, they are already back on campus unless they're in a hot spot right now. But the rest of them are opening up and they will be there in the fall because they can't afford not to be. 
Okay, Khalil, I know you talked about it early on, but did you experience debt, some kind of debt, when you finished your complete education, your college education? Did I have any debt when I finished college? Yep. No, not a, none at all. The none Army at all. paid for both degrees. They covered the whole tab. Absolutely. Right. Everything. And they paid me to go to college as well. Boy, you got I, I I should be sitting over there with you. You got the lucky seat. You got the lucky seat. Again, it's about planning out. Absolutely. Planning out. But did you know that that was going to be the case when you enrolled in this armed forces? Was that your objective? Did you know that, though? When you Absolutely. Used the, you That's used the word plan. When I was, right, when I remember I told you when I met the recruiter at right. the college fair at CBS, he told me all this information. And then we had a second meeting with me, him, and my mother, and he laid it all out, what the military would do to pay for school, you know? Right. So it was a no-brainer. Well, I'm just just asking that question again in case anybody who just tuned in, right? I wanted them to hear that again. I wanted you to recite that again. You planned the Army experience based on information you got at a fair, and you knew at that point that that was going to be your route, Absolutely. And that route Absolutely. paid off because once you finish your time in the service, it provided you with an opportunity to have your college as long as you wanted to go paid in full. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's great. And then, of course, when I had a daughter, I knew I didn't want my daughter to go into the military. Not at all. Not trying to be a chauvinist or anything like that. But I, I was in a Persian Gulf War. I had dues I had to pay to have college paid for. So I didn't want my child to have to go through that. But I understood that we had to go the other route, which we had to focus in on her academic. Absolutely. We got two calls calling, trying to get through. Let's take these calls real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, Mary, what's up, Mary? How you doing? So I'm fine, Carl. And I, and I had a, a comment. You know, I think we have to, like, think out of the box because sometimes, and I'm going back on what Khalid said about the military, like people think about the military in terms of being in the infantry. But I think if a black female joins the Coast Guard, you know, even a black male, they absolutely have uh, scholarships that are four years and they pay for your tuition and spending money and the Navy, and places where you're not going to see combat. I mean, think about a small woman going into the Air Force who's not planning to be a pilot. She's not going to see duty with an enemy. She's going to see training. And so I think we have to think really strategically about the junior college option and also the military option as it relates to our individual child and not just kind of make a blanket, oh, I don't want my child to go to, I don't know, to fight. But what can that child get in terms of benefits? So that's my comment. Okay. That's a great comment. Thank you. Do both of you guys agree with that, yes or no? I agree. But, again, you have to do your research. Absolutely. You have to do your research. Okay. What about you, Janae? I mean, if the child wants to do that, then I'm fine with it. I, I, I always say that it's up to the actual student who where they want to go. If they want to go to college, then let's talk about how we financially get there. And like you said, the look at the junior, the community college, because there's awesome community colleges all over the country Absolutely. to go to. And the first two years is basic, basic classes anyway. You don't get into your major to the last two years. 
So going to a community college is more than fine. All right, let's another call. Lewis. What's up, Lewis? Uh, good afternoon to you and your guests. I like to say, okay, about the community colleges, you can go there and get your what they call your core credits that are transfer that, that you can transfer to like a, a four year college, you know, and then continue that. You know, and while you're going to that junior college, you can get you a little part-time job, too, you know, so you can save up money. And also, you you can do, like, online colleges while you're doing that. Also, along with that military, people got the wrong idea about the military because the military is it's not only preparing you for war. They prepare you for, like, education, you know. They always go into school in the military, you know. You know, it doesn't really matter what branch you go to because they have what they call occupations, you know, and and they have, like, career fields, you know, that lead to certain things, you know, and all of those career fields are not uh, uh, combat-related, you know. You you can be, like, in intelligence or uh, uh, computers, you know, just like uh, they just started that new one, uh, the Space Force, you know. They're going to need a lot of people you know, that can work with the computers, you know, for like hacking and, and, and stuff like that, you know. Absolutely. And so you can go there, and while you go in there, like the gentlemen say, they're going to pay you to go to school, and they're going to uh, send you to a better school. And uh, along with that, they send you to uh, civilian schools, you know, some of the highest civilian schools, you know. They send uh, uh, military people there to learn uh, the techniques and to learn that education and bring it back. Okay, Lewis, thanks a lot. Just good points. Look, thank you, you, uh, Janae and Khalid. I want to give you both, because time has flown by like it always does. I want to give both of you an opportunity to give any last-minute thoughts or advice that you want to give to people in this pursuit of college and how to avoid the stressors that they typically face when they're in, in route to try to make this a reality. Go with, first with you, Janae. Yeah, so I, and I know a lot of people are already on their way to college for the incoming freshman. Maybe you don't have any scholarship money. What I would say, as long as you're in college, college, grad school, wherever you may be going, you need to be looking for scholarships the rest of the time. And I would say that yeah. you should look at a platform called Scholly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y, it will bring you a lot of scholarships that you can apply for. And spell that again. I'm sorry. Spell, spell it again. It's S C H O L L Y, Scholarly. Okay. And they have scholarships that you just answer a few questions and they bring all the scholarships that you qualify to you. So that is definitely one tip I would give people to look for scholarships the rest of the time that you are in college okay. so you can get it paid for. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. Go ahead, Khalid. Okay, I just want to tell the audience, uh, whether there's parents or students listening right now, that if it's your goal to go to college, go. But just make sure that with any goal that you set for yourself, plan it out, prepare for it, and pray on it. And regarding the anxieties and the other feelings that come up and all the things that's going on in the world that's beyond your control, when you're focused on what you need to take care of for your future, the God that we know and love will make sure that it happens. But again, we have have telephones in our hands where we can type up a couple of words and information is right there, right in front of us. So if you want to do this, do your research, be focused, be driven, be prayerful, 
and it will happen. Khalid, Khalid, now, give me a phone number. Khalid, give me a phone number, uh, email address, phone number, website, right. or whatever. Go ahead. 312-43-SCOTT, daddy, KBS1 at AOL.com, and it's Khalid Scott on all social media platforms. Janae, you got a phone number, a uh, uh, website people can go to? Yes, my website will take you to anything you need. It's www.debt.com. D-E-B-T-S-U-C-K-S university.com. So debtsucksuniversity.com. Let me ask you a question real quick, yes or no. Do you recommend that when your child comes from school, finishing up their college degree, whether it be master's, Ph.D., or bachelor's, do you recommend to keep them uh, from accumulating life's debt, come back home, and chill out with the parents for a little while? Yes or no? Yes. If they, yeah, if they have a career in, in that same city, yes. But if they have a career somewhere else, then they can go there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If they hadn't found a job and they got to come back home, always feel free to come back home. And parents should welcome them back home. Correct? Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, great. Look, this has been a great show. I want to thank Khalid. I want to thank Janae. You guys have been great. I hope the audience have gathered a lot of information they can take as they pursue ambitions for their kids and themselves to go to college. We are off next week, July 4th. we back again July 11th with Cedric McCoy. He'll be here. I want to thank executive producer Susan Penis, Latiera, and I also want to thank the technical producer Titus Williams. And also for all the listeners, thank you for joining in. Again, I'm Carl West. Take care. Enjoy the week. I'll see you in a month or so. All right, peace. One love. I'm out. The Community Health Focus Hour is brought to you by the Urban Health Initiative of the University of Chicago Medicine.